Starting a family is an exciting time filled with unknowns, dreams, and hopes for the future. And no matter what your family looks like, one thing is certain. Becoming a parent can be both exciting and overwhelming. But don't worry, you're not alone. Welcome to From Bump to Baby, an original podcast brought to you by Enfamil A+, your trusted source for baby nutrition, dedicated to building a supportive community for your adventures in parenting. Welcome, I'm your host, Sarah Remmer. As a registered pediatric dietitian and mom of three, I can honestly say that I understand the challenges of new parenthood. We all want to raise healthy, intuitive children who thrive, but starting a family is an adventure full of twists, turns, and an ever-evolving need to just roll with it. In this episode of From Bump to Baby, we'll talk about everything you'll need to prepare for baby's arrival. The goal? Prepare as much as possible, but know that you won't have control over everything. My first guest is no stranger to the wild ride that is parenthood. She is the mother of three energetic boys, Gabriel 8, Theo 6, and the newest addition, baby Lucas, who's just four months old. It's my pleasure to welcome Christina Naval. Hi, Christina. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> it's so nice to be able to talk to you. And congrats to making it to the studio on time and out the door. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a feat in its own. Totally. It was a whirlwind of a morning, but we made it out of the house to come here and talk to you. So, Well, good for you. Thank you so much for being here. And congratulations on your newest addition, baby Lucas. He's such a happy, good baby. We're just in love with him. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> and how was your pregnancy with baby Lucas? I was turning 40 and around 39, I was like, listen, if we're going to do this, we need to get going on this. And I found out that I was pregnant with Lucas and everybody told me, you know, you're older this time around. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a little different. Your body is not going to react the same way. The first time I went to my first OB appointment with Lucas, I saw on my file that it said geriatric pregnancy. Oh my gosh, no! <laughs> you know what? I think that my uh, with yeah. my third, I was also referred to as a geriatric. I did not know that was even a term, and I was just shocked by it. But contrary to what everybody said, I actually felt probably the best out of all three. Oh, my goodness. And thank goodness, because you had two little ones running around, too. Yeah, 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 totally. So even though I felt the best, I was ironically diagnosed with gestational diabetes. I guess a reminder for all pregnant women to make sure that you go get screened for gestational diabetes between 24 and 28 weeks because you just never know. And even when you've had healthy pregnancies without gestational diabetes in the past, does not mean that you're clear for future pregnancies. As a registered dietitian, I've seen many women with gestational diabetes and the really positive thing is that you can control and manage gestational diabetes quite easily, most of the time anyways, through diet and lifestyle. And were you testing your blood sugar yes. throughout the day? Okay. It actually ended up being a really positive thing because I ended up having to test my blood sugar after every meal and 
was also keeping a food diary, a food journal. Okay. And I would note, you know, which foods spiked my sugar and things like that. But it really just made me focus and zone in on to what I was eating. I was really eating those nutrient-dense foods, and I felt great. Oh, that's so great. A blessing in disguise. For sure, yeah. So as we know, as moms, the nesting part of pregnancy is really important. How would you say the nesting period with baby Lucas was different from your first two babies? So funny you should ask, because when Lucas came, there was no nesting. So I'm a teacher, and his due date was in August. So I had planned to do all the nesting after school had gotten out in June, and then I was going to nest July and August. But he decided to come five weeks early. So he came right at the beginning of July. So I really didn't have time to do any of the preparation at all. Wow. With my first, with Gabriel, so that would have been nine years now, it was a totally different story. We were newly married. We had just bought a little condo. We are ready to move in and start Mm -hmm. our little family of three. And then our condo got delayed, which is common in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And we had nowhere to go. My uncle and my aunt graciously offered their guest room to us in North York. And so we had to pack up everything. And then we were there for pretty much the duration of my pregnancy in a mountain of things. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. We had all the things for the baby. We had probably two or three baby showers between work and family. Got like all the things every doohickey and device that there was i had the change table the crib clothes for every season all in this little guest room oh uh the diaper genie <laughs> uh i think we had like a travel stroller and a stroller and looking back it was just such a pure time yeah because we just didn't know like we were so Naive, Naive. I guess. Yes. And then now with our third, I told my friends and family, no shower. Don't get me anything. (laughs) Less is more. Yeah. You think, okay, we need this and this and this. And what if we need this? And this person had this. And you feel like Mm -hmm. you need absolutely everything just in case. And so I think moral of the story is you probably don't need as much as you think you need in that, (laughs) that first experience. And you can always go, if you need it, you can always go out and buy it. It's not like you're, you know, confined to your house. It's funny. Yeah. We didn't even have diapers when Lucas came. Right. (laughs) And we made it. I know with my third, I was kind of like, I got this in the bag. I've done it twice. Like, I don't really have to have a birth plan. I'm just going to go with it. Did you have a birth plan? So with my first, with Gabriel, I had a birth plan. We were going to try and go as natural as possible, but I was open to an epidural if it had to come to that. Only, despite being induced three days earlier, he ended up being born on New Year's Eve. There was nobody at the hospital. They were so short-staffed. I ended up having an emergency C-section, an epidural that went wrong. It was kind of a mess. And so that plan... (laughs) Went out the window. Yeah. And it was probably the one time in my life I felt most out of control, maybe, helpless. Yeah. Everything turned out fine. Mm -hmm. It was just such a scary moment. So for Mm -hmm. my second and my third, what I ended up doing was opting for a C-section for both Mm. because although the recovery was tough with all three, 
I felt like that was something I could kind of control. Yeah. I knew who was going to deliver. I knew when it was going to be. And that kind of gave me some kind of peace. You know, it's actually a little bit freaky talking to you because I have a very similar story with my first. Very much went in with a birth plan and it just completely went out the window. Mm-hmm. And this is just a reminder to all moms that it's okay to go in with a plan, but it's so important to be gentle with yourself and your expectations of yourself because it doesn't always go the way we want it to go. That was like my first kind of big, huge lesson in parenthood was you got to roll with it and it'll be okay. Trust yourself. It's not going to look like the movies, you know? (laughs) I hope you're enjoying From Bump to Baby, an original podcast brought to you by Enfamil A+. We all know that bringing up baby can be expensive. So if you're interested in savings, partner discounts, and more, check out My Family Beginnings by Enfamil A+, at enfamil.ca forward slash join. So Christina, given that baby Lucas was five weeks early, yes. what was it like bringing him home from the hospital, like with your other two boys, with your family? What was that like? It was actually the cutest thing ever. The boys obviously didn't know what was going on because my water had broke that morning, like 3 a.m. that morning, and we got to the hospital and the doctors were saying, okay, looks like you're going to have a baby by 7 a.m., which was a shock to me and to my husband and all of us. And then because I had a C-section, we had to stay two days at the hospital. When we called them to finally let them know that we were coming, they got dressed up so they... I could cry thinking about it. They put on like dress shirts and it was summertime. So shorts and dress shirts. They did their hair and they were waiting at the front door for us to pull up. My eldest, I think, cried seeing his little brother for the first time. That is precious. Yeah, it was so sweet. Oh, my gosh. I love that they dressed up for their baby brother. They dressed up. (laughs) Tell me about the support that you had and how that sort of helped you get through your third baby. My husband is awesome. He is like a super hands-on dad. A rock star. A super rock star, yeah. He's just been awesome with the kids. That's amazing. But also, we live in a generational home. So like my parents are in the basement and then we're upstairs with the grandkids and they're always willing to help. Amazing. Oh, that's so great. I probably could not have healed or had such a positive experience in my third being 40 years old recovering from a C-section without their help. Well, and you deserve it too. We all as moms, I feel like we're rock stars going through what we do and what our body has to go through and all the recovery. And then again, the challenges that we face after having our baby, like to nurse or to bottle feed or whether we can nurse. Yes. Tell me a little bit about your feeding journey with Lucas. How did that go? So it's funny because I just finished saying like, you know, I had all these people around me. I feel like breastfeeding is the one thing you feel super alone in. Like nobody quite understands the challenges of breastfeeding until you've been through it. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So with my first, I was 
very much naive. I thought breastfeeding was going to be this natural thing that happened quickly and like you'd have all the milk and mm. it would just come mm-hmm. and it would be this beautiful experience. And also, as I mentioned, I had that nightmare of a delivery of my firstborn yes. and my milk did not come for a good three weeks. Oh, same. Yeah. <laughs> the exact same thing happened with me. Well, it's also so new to you. You have no idea what to expect. Totally. Not to scare anybody, but it's just, no. it's good to go in with realistic expectations that it's not necessarily going to be this like blissful rainbows and butterflies experience. Right. The difference could have been just me knowing how to latch properly or knowing that I need to sleep. I didn't know that it was affecting the breastfeeding experience. But the third time around, definitely I was more prepared. I knew what to expect. And the milk took maybe two weeks to come. So I was supplementing with formula. We are exclusively breastfeeding now, but for the first, I'd say two months, because Lucas was born at 35 weeks, so he was preterm. He was so small that he couldn't latch. And so he would nurse, and I would nurse for hours on end, nighttime feedings, but he just wasn't getting enough. So usually we would do a nighttime bottle feed with formula. I can certainly relate to you. With all three of my babies, I had to supplement for one reason or another. All of us moms have so much pressure on ourselves to feed a certain way and parent a certain way. But um, for me as a registered dietitian, I felt so much pressure to exclusively breastfeed. And when that didn't happen for me, I felt, I don't know, I felt a sense of failure. I think the way that I got through that sense of failure was watching my baby thrive. And, you know, knowing that they are well-nourished, they are well-taken care of, they are healthy, regardless of whether I was exclusively breastfeeding or not. Yeah, totally. I had such a hard time letting go. And, like, when I finally did, it was a win for all of us. What did you learn and what did you change, you know, throughout your pregnancies when it came to milk production? I remember just not eating enough. You're super hungry because your body is producing all this milk, burning all these calories, you're not sleeping and not eating enough. Like you Mm -hmm. don't have time really to cook yourself a good meal. Mm -hmm. But when I finally did get proper food into my body, like soups, veggies, I do a green smoothie every morning, oatmeal. Yes. Even just simple things like having ice water beside your bed while you're nursing. When you're so busy, especially when you have other kids at home and you're caring for so many people as well as your newborn baby and trying to take care of yourself, It's really hard to remember. You need to be listening to your body and tuning into your body and being intuitive with your eating because it's not going to look like it usually does and making sure that you are properly hydrated because breast milk is mostly water. So you need to be hydrating and constantly having, like I always had a water bottle by my side at all times. And like you said, the smoothies are key because they're not only nourishing but also hydrating. Was there anything else that like your go-to, like, breastfeeding snacks and meals that you loved? Yeah, a lot of peanut butter, actually. Mm. And I was recently speaking to the pediatrician who says that it's such a key thing to do now if you're breastfeeding to eat all the nuts and the milks, the nut milks and things like that. So baby gets a little bit of, of it. But it's also like, you know, just 
really good for you. Absolutely. Yeah. So nuts and seeds are so nourishing. They're full of protein and fiber and Mm -hmm. vitamins and minerals and healthy fats, which are really important for recovery and for healing and just for general health. But also, yes, yes, as you had mentioned, like you need that exposure. You need to continue eating those things because as we know now, we don't want to delay exposure to peanuts or anything like that. Yeah. Isn't it funny how careful we are with our first and how like cautious and by the book we, yeah, almost too much so. And then with our third, it's like, oh, he'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We've been through this before. Three boys. Oh, my gosh. I know. Busy, busy household. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes. And so how are they taking to their new little brother? They are the best. It's funny because people would say to me like, wow, you guys are going to have another? Like, you you were done. You were done with the strollers. You were done with the car seats and all that. Like, and you're going to do it all over again. But it's almost better this time around because now I have them to help. And they're old enough to, like, realize how precious this time is with the baby. Lucas is just, like, a lucky little boy. Just so super loved. He's just loved. Yeah. There's love all around. Christina, thank you so much for joining me today. It was such a pleasure talking to you and hearing your story and being able to kind of give out some advice to expectant moms and new moms um, in a realistic way. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it was really nice connecting with you also. It's the first time we met and yet we had so much in common. There's like this sisterhood and motherhood that is kind of unspoken but it's so strong and so many people can relate to what we're saying so I hope what we said today was helpful. I totally agree with you and wish you all of the best in your motherhood journey. I'm Sarah Remmer, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of three. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already done so be sure to subscribe to From Bump to Baby wherever you get your podcasts. This is an original podcast brought to you by Enfamil A+ your trusted source for baby nutrition, dedicated to building a supportive community for your adventures in parenting. For more expert advice and helpful insights, go to enfamil.ca.